I know you know where they are, so tell me. Before I do some damage, you won't walk away from me. No cap. No cap. No cap. I want you to get this fuck where he breathes. I want you to find this Nancy boy, Elliot Ness. I want him dead. I want his family dead. I want his house burnt to the ground. I want to go to the middle of the night. I want to piss out of the day. I win the fuck. I win the fuck. Yourself. I could have been a contender. I could have been somebody. But that shit went back in the motherfucker. Back in the motherfucker. Back in the motherfucker. Welcome to the Rip City Goon Podcast. I'm your host, DJ Nick at Night, aka Kenosis, on the mic. Thank you for joining me, episode 3 uh, Man, it's really crazy It's cool to see the podcast actually Getting some grip and some people listening To uh, both the episodes that are already out So if you have been listening to this I appreciate it And uh, yeah, I don't know what else to say Thank you so much uh, So I want to get right in To the nitty gritty in Rip City Right Big trade rumors, things in the mix, and things that have actually just happened in regards to our favorite Portland Trail Blazers. The Damian Lillard saga continues. Uh, last week, I was talking about the fact that Marcus Aldridge was going up on the market. He didn't really make a big splash in San Antonio as he was supposed to take over for Tim Duncan. Uh, and that Tony Parker Ginobili squad, but now it's looking like it didn't pan out. He wasn't putting numbers up. San Antonio was just fine letting him go. No complaints, gripes, issues. Uh, so he goes up, and the, of course, some tweets started coming out from Dame, and you know there was a little bit of illusion in uh, some articles that I read that basically were pointing Lamarcus Aldridge our way, but. As we all know, the trade, line, uh, trade deadline has happened, okay? And this is how it shook out for us. Complete surprise to me. I uh, couldn't have seen it coming. I really couldn't have. Uh, first and foremost, L.A., LaMarcus Aldridge leaves San Antonio, and now he is headed on over to none other than the Brooklyn Nets who is trying harder than any team I've ever seen, including the Lakers, to build a championship team in one year. Uh, a lot of these guys, Jordan team members, full of Olympians, uh, past world champions, now it's looking a little like the 2021 Dream Team if these guys weren't the age that they are because they're at the tail end of it. It's kind of like Ray Allen in Miami. Like, yeah, they, you know, won some dunk contests. Blake Griffin, uh, at one point in time, James Harden was probably considered one of the top five and maybe still is. Uh, Kevin Durant, people argue he's the greatest pure scorer of all time. Hard to beat that logic with the fadeaway and the finesse shot that he's got. Uh, he has just collected a massive amount of support and Brooklyn's looking hard, but 
How does that relate to us? Well, nothing much really other than the LA thing if you were expecting him to come here. But Gary Trent Jr., I love you. Thank you for playing with us. And Rodney Hood with that left-hand corner bucket have both been traded to the Toronto Raptors for a guy named Norman Powell. Little fun facts about it. Gary Trent Jr.'s dad played for the Blazers, played the exact amount of time that Gary Trent did, and got traded to the Raptors as well. So it was like a three-year time period. They both got traded with the same amount of games, same time frame. Really crazy, but thank you, GT, for everything. And Rodney Hood came up clutch so many times, man. I hate to see that guy go, but I got to uh, watch... Norman Powell, Stormin' Norman, or the General, right? Colin Powell, General. Perform and throw up 22 against Orlando in his first game. And really, everybody was kind of off that night. We were struggling a little bit harder than I thought we would with Orlando. But somehow pushed through it with the trade. Last minute, went down in Florida. And uh, the guy goes for 22. Um, prior to that, I watched us beat Miami in Florida again. And then this was the real shaker, right? Then they got to play Toronto. So we had to play Gary Trent Jr. And we had to play against Rodney Hood. And they were starting Gary Trent. Um, and I say this is a home game for Toronto, but because of COVID, it was really in Florida. And they just did the court for Toronto and stuff. So it wasn't really a home game. Not like much are anymore with just the piped-in fan noise anyway. I, I don't think that stuff really matters too much to those guys. They're pros. They wear headphones when they work out. I mean, they, you know, I doubt the speakers bother them. But fans do. And fans do change the outcome of a game. Nevertheless, Gary Trent and Rodney Hood on Toronto fell. To the Portland Trailblazers in the quote-unquote home game for Toronto and Florida, which is still a far away from us, especially after playing Orlando and especially after playing Miami. Two real competitive games. Dame bruised his knee on one, sat the other out. But we came victorious and we defeated Mr. Rodney Hood and Mr. Gary Trent Jr. And Norman didn't even put on too much of an offensive clinic, but he did get a bam. And he uh, stared down the sideline. So I saw a meme that said, you know, welcome to Portland. But it was Powell's books. But it was it was for Norman Powell. So it was kind of cool how the graphics team over there has been doing that in those commercials and stuff. But, yeah, so far I think it's a solid three-guard front, which a lot of teams are switching to since Golden State changed the game and made that three-point so prevalent. And now if you got one guy off, you got two other guards to score in CJ and Dame. So not to mention the combination of Melo and uh, everybody else down there, Nurkic, Cantor. So it's really cool. Uh, it was sad to see those guys go, and at first I was pretty mad about it because I was like, you know, when Dame and CJ were off, Gary Trent and Rodney Hood were usually putting up the rest of those buckets for us. Aside from the occasional offensive rebound put back by Cantor, or Nurkic, Cook, or something, you know, they were they were our second, you know, step up. And so to get it all out of one guy who's been in the league seven years, I was a little skeptical until I saw him play, and just was like, he's going to be a perfect fit, unselfish guy, 
can really score. You can't leave him open. He will score. And if CJ is not firing and Dame's not firing, that is a definite third option. And good hustle, back and forth plays defense. Doesn't look like he has an ego. He's excited to be here. We're glad to have him. So Norman Powell, salute. Welcome to the Rip City. And uh, hopefully this puts us in a competition at least with, with Brooklyn. And LA's hurt right now. LeBron's hurt. He's out. Davis is out. So it's going to be interesting to see. You know, they still got a couple of road games to go. Uh, but... As you know, I'll be keeping tabs on it. Whatever's going on with the Blazers and whatever's going on in this city, uh, you know, I got to watch on it. So, now we're going to get into something a little crazier. Uh, little Nas X. This is like just such a publicity stunt. I can't even... Uh, I can't even wrap my head around how much buzz something like this still collects. Uh, from just the American collective, global collective. Lil Nas X, in my opinion, is a one-hit wonder. That Old Town Road was the biggest song that probably we'd ever heard uh, up to that time because it had huge mainstream crossover uh, success and relevance with, uh, you know, basically white conservative right everybody really liked that song and listened to it it was a cool mix of cowboy and uh you know hip-hop and you know it, it, the story that it how it blew up organically and then billy ray cyrus and all these country stars came out and supported him and then a couple months later it's the biggest song ever in the world and then a couple months later he comes out as he's gay and he disappears so then he comes back drops another futuristic robot album but it's just not catching well, little Nas X, being uh, the intelligent young man that he is, realized coming organically and blowing up on TikTok that he needed to stir something up on TikTok. And everyone's so afraid of the, the end times and the end of the world right now. He went for the, the easiest grab in the country, the Christians, right? And he predicated all this on, oh, they're mad at me because I'm gay or whatever. Well, I never really heard anybody have a problem with him. At least in my circle of people that I know say, oh, I don't want to listen to him no more, whatever. Everyone's just like, whatever. Nobody really cared. But that doesn't sell records and it doesn't spin stuff. And if you think about uh, back in the day, like Kiss and Alice Cooper and, you know, some of these shocking devil worshiping satanic even into the 80s with acdc like every rock band had some kind of underlying alliance with the dark prince or something and that's how they got their pop or whatever to me it's a clever marketing gimmick because you know the conservative christian people are going to speak up and they really are going to quit buying the records so you're going to do this really productive pr campaign with a new shoe and it's the devil's shoe. There's, it's a Nike Air Max 97. Uh, and he basically is supposed to have a drop of human blood in him. And they're making 666 
copies of the shoe and it's a nike air max 97 now nike has nothing to do with this shoe this is a collab with some other fashion designers or whatever so they just I, they went for the low-hanging fruit man and then in conjunction they dropped the video i haven't watched it i've seen several snippets where little nas x is basically a male stripper in hell grinding on the devil in some booty shorts uh it almost looks like tenacious de kind of corny i i wouldn't say it's like super frightening to watch it's it does it reminds me of the devil in like a jack black movie and uh you know there's some definite I, compared to the stuff that's on tv it's just par for the course these days i don't I, you don't have to watch it obviously a couple snippets was enough for me to just be like, all right, well, okay, I get what you're doing there, but I'm, you know, 35 years old, so I've seen a few of these PR campaigns by rock bands and bullshit, you know, and studied the legends as well, you know, The Doors and Jim Morrison and, you know, Jimi Hendrix and Stevie Ray Vaughan and, you know, almost everybody, The Rolling Stones, has kind of like uh, an underlying... I, I wouldn't even know how to call it magic black sabbath you know kind of thing floating around the background even zeppelin you know this stuff they're like oh if you spin zeppelin or beatles records backwards like you'll hear back masking hidden messages now they did do that but let's think it was more for a shock effect to get people to respond or to pay attention because in you know public relations any press is good press Unless, you know, look at a lot of these rappers, they catch a headline of bad press associated to murder or something like that. But that's why they get a headline, because that's what the news is looking for. They're always looking for something negative or shocking. So, so little laws next, you know, these shoes are over a thousand dollars, which is quite a bit to pay for Air Max 97. But I cannot seem to not see this story on my feed so i had to cover it because it's just so many people pointing out you know that it's basically little nas x is really for kids and it's true because kids aren't listening to ugk and slayer metallica or whatever they're just not they listen to you know the stuff that comes up that they're being sold which is little nas x and these tiktok videos and little snippets on instagram and shit like that so I'm sure he'll sell all the pairs of shoes, make a ton of money off of them. Um, I also wanted to mention something that, because everyone got really mad at Nike at first, but Nike, you know, they didn't make this collab. This is like a private fashion designer. I don't know his name that actually did this. Um, but they've made Jesus shoes too, like Heaven shoes, which is, I believe is also an Air Max, but they're all white and they're dripped with holy water. Again, not by Nike directly, but, uh, you know, that one might have been dropped by Nike directly. But anyway, so this shoe is a spinoff of that Jesus shoe, and a lot of people don't know that. The Jesus shoe is like three grand or something. It's crazy priced. Uh, so I that does exist, and I think Nike did co-sign on that one, actually. They're not taking any credit for this shoe. But little Nas X is, and he definitely got his YouTube views and his internet buzz back with this latest stunt. The problem with these shock culture things, though, is let's be real. He's never going to have a hit as big as his first hit. Um, and 
maybe he is this way. Maybe it's just an industry thing and he's a smart marketing guy and kind of punching, you know, stuff out there, which is kind of what I'm leaning towards to get boom, to get pop and buzz and all that. And, and you know, he's getting it because of this because I cannot get it off my feed. It's just in my face. So I had to report about it and give it to you guys to see what you think about it. Um, me personally, I don't really care, man. I the shock narrative is kind of as I've gotten older, meant less and less and less, man. I have my personal beliefs. Frankly, I think it's a silly, played out way to get pop since the beginning of rock and roll, you know. But whatever. There's no pity in that world, you know. I, I can't really feel bad for a 24 year old multi millionaire off a one tiktok song regardless of what the public thinks about him or not you know i don't it doesn't affect me that much in other music news little timmy the shooter of king von the murderer of king von on 4k outside the hookah lounge in atlanta has been released and pictures have been taken with him and counter culprit Quando Rondo. These guys have been the most infamous villains in the rap game since the murder of King Vaughn and the shootout went down that left him paralyzed and in a body bag at the end of the day. And these guys have been on the run. And there's video, but I don't know what's going on, but somehow he made bail, so they're out. And all these OTF and uh, little Dirks and kind of these new Chicago rappers that have been taking the the legacy of drill and continuing it from like chief keith till now uh all the o-block guys there uh looks like they're on the hunt for this one um told them to be safe uh safe and if we know anything nipsey hustle said stay safe or stay dangerous marathon uh these kids today are staying dangerous but um I watched this tape. It was really unnecessary, man. There's two guys squabbing it out in a parking lot, probably both drunk, probably both had a little bit of narcotics in them. You know, young kids being stupid. And his friend, you know, Quando's he, getting uppercutted by King Vaughn, and then Timmy pulls out a pistol, pops a couple, gets him through the kidney, bleeds out on the way, uh, severed his spine, I guess. He couldn't really walk in the video. You could see, like, he had to get held up. Uh, sad, again. But this is what's out, you know, in the news right now. In the mainstream rap game, you know. Um, Dirk and Vaughn kind of notorious for catching a murder trial and i think they beat it both of them but you know i don't know if it was ongoing or if it was case closed or dirt got out of it i mean there's all sorts of rumors you know circulating around how this happened and why it happened and why it keeps happening in in hip-hop to to this day right because really you know, if you think about the strategy of a rap beef from the perspective of like 50 Cent, where he will just say a bunch of names to try to get a storyline, to get a headline. He doesn't really mean anything aside from Ja Rule, because I know he really doesn't like Ja Rule from back in high school, and Ja Rule is the shit, and 50 was poor, and 
Then 50 blew up and made sure that Ja Rule would never be cool again, which is he was successful at. Nothing wrong with Ja Rule, but... You know, he said things when he came out about a lot of rappers. Every rapper in New York, basically. He just needed someone to bite and get a headline. He already had street credentials. He already had a nice, unique flow and sound. But you need something to stand you apart from the pack. Especially in the early 2000s um, in New York. It's a marketing campaign. And I, I watched an interview with Chameleon Air where 50 said something about Chameleon Air and 50 runs into him and takes him in a back room and makes it look all like they're going to fight. And then he's just like, hey, man, I just threw you an alley-oop. I literally just threw you an alley-oop. And Chameleon Air's like, what do you mean, dude? Why, like, why are you talking about me? You know, and he's like, no, 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 you don't get it. And he literally said, there's a train in India with a newspaper stuffed in the back of it. And if you would have bid on that and made a song about it, it would have been in that paper and people in India would have heard about it. I mean, how smart is this guy? He's like, I don't really want trouble, but I need this headline negative PR. Now the kids these days aren't as smart as 50 Cent. They're just really going for it. Uh, I think they might be taking it a little bit too seriously, you know? I think they maybe need to back it off a couple of notches because you don't need to shoot first. I mean, I'm telling you, I'm a big gun advocate. I love guns, but you don't need to shoot if your buddy's in a fight with another dude in a parking lot. The main rule is don't let anybody kick anybody in the head. Like, that's just the main rule of a fight circle. When you're all standing around... Even if you don't know the people across, like when I was in high school and, you know, yada, yada, a fight's going to happen. Nobody's allowed to kick in the head. And most people are there for a boxing match. So they don't like the takedowns like UFC stuff. They want to see. So they might stand you back up. You might go down and stand back up. Kids these days see their friend getting an uppercut and they just pull their gun out and start shooting the other dude. It's like, dude, if he would have pulled the gun out, that's when you, you know, you don't initiate the blast. Even if you're scared or the guy's got a reputation for being dangerous or anything like that you just you just don't do that uh and it's sad because it it took a young star away and ruined another couple people's lives like several people's lives are going to be different now because of that event that took place and it really didn't need to happen it didn't need to go down like that so the main story and dialogue of this continues to unfold and I'll be covering it as it goes down um, but right now Timmy is out he claims self-defense and there is a fight so he got out on bail they do have money they're associated with like NBA young boy which means that they're associated with some kind of industry money I don't know if he's a Jay Prince guy he may be I'm not sure but they have some money in, in uh, yeah, they're out on bail so Good luck to them. Uh, hopefully, uh, they can stay under the radar and out of trouble from here on out because it uh, could end up going bad for them. Now, we are going to get into the national news uh, the attack on guns. Yet again, same old story uh, gun grabs going on, trying to get new laws in uh, to take weapons away from law-abiding citizens uh they didn't even waste any time to get after this one a couple of shootings go down and immediately 
people that own guns are the bad guys again and you know this like like this is up for debate all the time and it's really not i get that we're only like one of three countries us guatemala and mexico that have the rights basically with firearms compared to the rest of the world but that's part of american culture as well like we're very much so the okay corral doc holiday and um tombstone wyatt earp john wayne it's been a big part since the conception of america and the idea of america and what that means to different people because everybody on one side thinks that you're not respecting other people's rights by you thinking you need to have a firearm and vice versa people are saying well if i'm not bothering you and i'm not a criminal and breaking laws you don't get to tell me what i get to do with this and it's it's a decade old argument that always ends up back in the constitution and what i see happening usually is that we lose a little bit of our rights even though it's written in the constitution a certain way and that goes for everything because you know it's almost like if you're privatized in some kind of way you can kind of get out of constitutional obligations uh like in censoring from facebook or instagram or you know but the other side of that coin is free speech there's a lot of it you look at these four chains and eight chains and just uh anonymous style of thought is kind of barbaric man it's kind of bad like there's a reason for civility in this country like there's a reason for that and everybody knows that free speech goes a certain way but uh some people take it to the hill just like people with any right that they're trying to protect so I've been watching a few documentaries here and there on it and just kind of trying to wrap my head around where the where the middle is because that's that's the important mark to get to. You know, you, you're not trying to throw a Hail Mary. You're just trying to budget a little more common sense one way or the other. And quite frankly, I, I don't agree with a lot of this stuff because as a gun owner, you, you have to go in. You have to present your identification you have to answer some questions and they have to run a background check on you so when they say more background check i'm thinking what like like a double background check are you adding to the background check i don't know but here's the scariest part about all of it for me and i think what a lot of my friends that you know that are gun advocates or or, or you know have firearms for fun sport you know or they just like them like they like cars i mean nobody's doing anything with them but shooting them for fun and yeah it's nice to have if a zombie apocalypse did kick off at least you'd get a head start somewhere not that that's gonna happen but you know i watch a lot of movies so you know best to be prepared right Joe Biden has put a thing out. He's trying to do executive action. I don't know if this is a flex or not, bluff or not, but he's trying to basically make it so the police don't need a warrant or due process basically to come and confiscate your weapons or, you know, your property basically. And you don't have to do anything wrong. They just, you just have to be targeted for some reason. 
And that's really scary because that does, that reminds me of, you know, Stalin, Hitler, these really awful dictator type dudes in the past and they did do this to people and that's what people are scared of because it's like this actually has happened before and a lot of countries lost their freedoms along the way and they won't get them back so it's kind of this weird hill you know that that everyone's fighting on right now and the other thing they're trying to do that's interesting is get rid of the filibuster because the way it kind of works in Congress or the Senate, from my understanding, is that a bunch of people agree or disagree. Now we vote, so that sways how many Democrats or Republicans on either side of the aisle. Uh, but if you don't like something and you know you're going to lose the vote, there's a thing called the filibuster. And politicians have been notorious for pulling out a, uh, an encyclopedia, the Bible, something that takes a long time uh, to read and it's boring and monotonous and you can just there's no time limit on a filibuster so if you wanted to die on a hill a congressman or senator can die on that hill and can just wear everybody out because eventually they'll just get sick of it they, they're people too they got stuff to do they don't want to be sitting there listening to the encyclopedia for for hours so they want to get rid of it I think if you're outnumbered on either side of the aisle, it's not fair that they could just, without the filibuster, run through whatever they want because that's what keeps the middle ground the middle ground. So if you just, you can do a lot of changes if you can just throw everything through and not have to do a bipartisan deal. So a lot of stuff is shock, a lot of stuff is awe, a lot of stuff is just a flex, and you know. There's always some kind of other branch that reels the other branch in, so I'm not too worried about things. Some changes may happen, but it'll be interesting to see what the population thinks as this stuff goes on because, you know, it's it's really sad. If you look at, like, Chicago and the inner city, we talked about some people that are successful that got out of there through entertainment and music, but there's a lot of people that are stuck there. And, I mean, can you imagine if your neighborhood had... 15 to 20 deaths a weekend of young men and you know the occasional you know civilian but the thing that's really sad and sucks is that this stuff isn't on the tv you know it's the boulder and uh it's uh places that it's not frequent or common that shocks the american and gets the headline and it really shouldn't be that way because what we have to look at is, okay, so have we done everything in our power legislatively in Chicago to change the violence? The answer is yes. They have the, some of the strictest rules in Chicago, yet they aren't followed. So it changes it. You know, It's a socioeconomic matter where people are stuck in perpetual poorness, you know, and that sucks. And you can't get out of it. It's hard for people to break out of it. You literally have to have some kind of talent that's so over the top that you can, you know, gain her attention and escape that environment. But for the most part, people are just stuck in it and there's no options. So it's a different issue. And I don't think either any either side is willing to really talk about that issue and what it might take to start stimulating 
some economy and changing some perspectives from the youth that live here to have options and do better that they can. You don't have to be an athlete or a, a rapper or, a, you know, a country musician. You don't have to be anything crazy like that to get a job that's going to pay you well enough to move, you know. And if that happens, then, you know, those those numbers are going to go down. So the, the real question is, when do they sit down and talk about that, you know? Let's quit extreme, making everything so extreme on either side and not get anything done. Let's let's look at where everything's stemming from and move forward from there. Speaking of moving forward, I told you that we would get into uh, some video game stuff because I love video games. I love entertainment consoles. I've had them since I was a kid from Xbox to PlayStations to Nintendos to whatever. And um, I really, really enjoy... You know my time that I get when I get to play some video games because it uh, it takes me back to when I was a kid and it kind of it's a very good way to zone out and kind of recenter yourself. It's almost like dude yoga in a weird way. Like we sometimes we just like to concentrate on one thing, the TV and being good at what we're doing and just like beating the crap out of noobs on the web. Like we all get a kick out of that. Always have. First thing I want to talk about in that world is the fact that why the hell can you not get a PS5 or the new Xbox right now? I mean, a lot of people are moving to PCs. I've noticed in the gaming world, they're moving to PCs because, well, you don't have to put up with all that crap. Like, you can just build your PC, and if a game drops, you just play it. Like, that's the end of it. Not to mention the superior storage, memory cards, all that stuff. A lot of people are switching over to PC. Me, personally, I'm a console guy. I like consoles. I get they're not as fast and they're not as good as a computer, but there's something about playing with the controller and my 88-inch flat screen than playing on my computer using my left hand to click buttons when I should be using a joystick. That's the way I look at it. I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with PC gaming and you guys think you're superior and all that shit, but you're not. You're not. Uh, because if you had to grab the sticks, I'd get you with the sticks. Uh, so the big news with that around the holiday was that they were coming out. So people were just going crazy trying to buy it, trying to get one, either or, of the consoles, Xbox, PlayStation. Uh, and no one could get one. Like, And then, almost like the sneaker guys, like a whole bunch of dudes got a whole bunch of them and then marked them up 50%. I mean... It was fucked up. I mean, at least I seen them the lowest marked up 200 bucks. So the one without the disk drive, you know, 750 or something like that for the PlayStation 5. And it's just ridiculous. You know, I talked to my wife about it and it's just like, man, there's a bunch of shit that I'm into that I like. And I'm just going to fucking wait like I always do till Christmas comes up and that sale of 200 bucks goes down and they have them again. I don't know if this is 100% true, but I heard that the reason why is because of chips that we couldn't get these type of chips made and so they couldn't manufacture enough i've also heard that they didn't know how big the splash is going to be so this is a good way to feel out the market how many you want to produce because you don't want to overproduce especially on a console uh, it's not a good way to make money but now they're releasing the, the you know the next gen games and they're starting to run into problems with some of the games 
as it sits. I guess that uh, Time Crisis or whatever that came out, they actually had to pull it from the store because it just it works on next gen but not on four. So I don't know in the Xbox world if that's the same or if that's a PS exclusive, but you know that sucks. And the other thing that kind of sucks too is I had to buy an external memory for my PS5 to expand it just to have Call of Duty and Black Ops on the same console. Like they were so big, they take up the entire thing and it's never happened to me before. And the new PS5 doesn't even have more than 500 gigs. I had 500 gigs and had to go buy a two terabyte storage system for a hundred bucks just to continue to play because the games are getting so big. And that's another PC thing that people don't run into. Usually you build your PC kind of ahead of the game don't wait for the console to catch up so kind of sucks kind of sucks but what can you do you know best thing you can do is just wait for them to get them back in stores and 200 bucks cheaper on the holidays that's that's my tip that's what i'm gonna do but if you already got one good though congratulations like good to slide into first base i wish i had one i really do call of duty modern warfare the new info We are entering the end of Verdansk. And this map is, um, it's been a lot of fun to play on. You know, I, I played with more friends, you know, probably a year ago on it. They still update the map for the holidays and throw in some bonus stuff. And they did a fun, you know, Halloween thing and Halloween themed characters and skins you could get. And, you know, it's just been a really fun community to be a part of. Um, I haven't probably had as much experience with people hacking and cheating and you know all this bad stuff you hear about uh hear about the game that that i read news that i read and it really doesn't make too much sense to me because if you just like the best first person shooter it definitely is that and even call of duty black ops you know it comes out and you know it, it felt a step behind still but I played it anyway, just to play it, because I like the story and the characters, so I like to know the background behind the skins. I'm not just a complete online player. You know, I still like the stories and stuff. Uh, it's still the top-tier game, I would say, in my opinion, from a console perspective, because we don't have access to everything either like PC does. You know, we, we get what we get. We get exclusives, but we, we also kind of got to kind of got to wait for that. I mean, geez, the more I talk about this, I'm like, damn, maybe I should get a PC. But no, I'm not going to do it. Not going to do it. At least not yet till they make me. The new map's about to drop and it's supposed to eliminate some of the problems that Verdansk had with like the rose skin which is this all black skin that people wear and they hide in the dark shadows and wipe you out because it's a little tiny black suit it basically if you played goldeneye and you remember i can't remember his name but the, the really short dude it was kind of like cheating because you'd have to move down on the sticks to get a shot at the midget dude in goldeneye so that was like every, somebody always picked the midget i personally like jaws a lot but Someone always picked a midget and made it hard, you know, to shoot. <laughs> it's kind of like that with the rose skin, just modern day terms, right? Like, it's cheap. It's a cheap skin. They haven't fixed it because they, they probably sell a lot of them because, honestly, it's kind of an OP deal. Uh, 
I play with Captain Price or Ghost, you know, pretty much every time. I don't ever switch it up because I'm Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 old head, and so I keep it that way. I might throw in a little animal crow fatality or something, you know, that I get from the store, but I typically stay with Captain Price or Ghost, usually Ghost, uh, when I play. Because I feel like out in the open, it's about as good cover as you're going to get. And I just see, love seeing the cutscenes with Ghost because uh, he's just one of the most raddest characters. He's up there with Scorpion and Sub-Zero, in my opinion, for like coolest characters ever created. Cloud, you know, Sephiroth. They're up there on this uh, level with me. Well, as advertised, every week I'm going to bring you some kind of creepy, crawly, mysterious, did they exist, did they not exist type of questions and creatures in history. Were they, were they real? Were they not real? Were they mythological or have we found fossils? Is this like something that we can actually see to this day and explain and you know is it still out there or was it ever out there this creature that i want to talk about today is another creature from the sea from the ocean the kraken this creature was first discovered a long long time ago back in like the viking icelandic ages and basically what these travelers had said in their stories and their scrolls passed down through time that there's a beast in the ocean that you would mistake for a landmass that it was so big um, and it was known to sink ships that you know it was known that it was an animal and they said it used to sink ships drag them down you know full-fledged you know 10 15 men ships kind of a big creature that would do that now you you look at some of our ships now obviously back in those days of travel even in the english days and you know spanish days of world travel by boat or what we would think of as a, a pirate ship um is quite larger than what the vikings were originally rolling around in there were rowboats big rowboats but because they were small they could get over waves and they were pretty nimble they were good sailors um, but a creature the size of a landmass that would swallow up a ship and drag it down. We haven't known much about this until recently because when you look at pictures and the accounts and the stories starting back with the Vikings and coming up until now, they all kind of broke it down and described it as a, a, a giant octopus. Or a giant squid of some kind, but it was so big it was like the size of an island when you saw it. In the last, I don't know, five to ten years, we've had a couple of, you know, squids wash up, an octopus wash up on shore. Um, and it's believed they didn't survive because they live so low in the ocean that they need this pressure. And as they, if they go up too high, it will actually like destroy them. It will like kill them, you know. But we, they come back and they're intact. And some of these things were, you know, up to thirty foot long. But we'd never documented or seen one until the last five to ten years. And in Japan, they were actually 
able to catch one of these colossus squids on camera for the first time and they filmed it for like 20 minutes and it was a big deal because now we could confirm that down there they are that big and they're primarily from what we know sperm whale food pretty much sperm whales come back up they have all sorts of scars they're all kind of chewed up and um you know we, we've been wondering for a long time about it but through study of sperm whales we've found out that most sperm whales about 75 percent of their diet is based on squid and you got to think about how big a sperm whale is how much it needs to sustain itself it's one of the larger whales one of the maybe the largest carnivorous because i believe they're bigger than orcas and stuff so yeah incredibly enough right the kraken not only existed but it definitely exists to this day if the colossal squid is your culprit which it sounds to me like it is because when you look at those old greek or athenian ships or viking ships you notice that it looks like the wave could knock it over something big enough in the water could knock it over now whether a squid actually came up and ate and brought a boat down it kind of goes against science from what we say today because we think the pressure they can't live up here is is the thought behind it that's why we don't see them but that may not be or have always been the case uh now obviously our ships today are so much larger than that and made of metal and very be very hard for an organic species aside from godzilla you know or the kraken you know or, or something to take it down but it could exist and we know the big ones are out there 30 foot plus so yeah mythological creatures titans that actually exist today i'm gonna go ahead and say yes the kraken exists and it exists today though it is rarely seen and still mysterious the giant squid is still out there and that my friends is volume number two of crazy things that go bump in the trenches bump in the night the good news coming up is that it seems like life is getting back to the way it should be here in the northwest i can tell you that because i actually am going to do some little mini trips coming up here and uh my daughter is turning two years old and so uh, we got a couple of trips planned for her. she loves the beach so we are gonna go to the aquarium now if you're interested in going to the aquarium in uh newport just know that it is open but you need an appointment to go there if you make an appointment you can get in no big deal you know plan the weekend around it and uh go get in there but you got to have a time and a date, so be prepared with that info and make sure you book it ahead of time so you don't go down there like I did last time and not have a reservation to go because uh, they're still doing social distancing, so they're still uh, keeping it safe for everybody. But at the same time, it's going to be awesome because you're, you're going to have some space. It's not going to be so crowded, so you'll get a little more one-on-one -on -one time uh, with the animals. Same thing, we're going to double down on the animals uh, for her birthday. 
with the zoo. You can go to the zoo. The Portland Zoo is uh, is open, but you need to have an appointment to get in there. Uh, and then again, you'll have the social distancing and you'll kind of be able to experience the zoo and all the animals just right there by themselves uh, with your family and they'll have it staggered out. So that I thought was pretty cool because, you know, there's only so much yard work you can do. You know, there's only so much uh, tree cutting. I mean, I get that it never ends, but sometimes you got to have a little fun with the family uh, to make life worth it. So anyway, thank you for listening to episode three. I'm DJ Nick and I, a.k.a. Kenosis, and uh, thank you for spending time with me. I really appreciate it, and we'll see you next time on Rip City Goons Podcast. <laughs>